All right, well, today we are beginning a brand new teaching series called Get Smart. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time you get smart. <laughs> I offer marriage counseling throughout the week, if, that's, if that helps anyone. But uh, um, in this series, we're going to be looking at how to get smarter in some of the key areas of our lives that cause us the most stress and frustration. Um, for example, in our finances, we're going to learn how to get smarter in our finances. We're going to learn how to get smarter in our relationships. We're going to learn how to get smarter for you parents in our child raising, how to raise our children in the ways of the Lord, and how to be a successful parent and set our kids up for success. We're going to learn uh, uh, some important um, lessons and teachings so that we can become better, so that we can be the people that God has called us to be and that people will look to us for hope and insight. And we're going to cover many topics in the coming weeks. And I do want to say this up front, a lot of this material that I'm going to share with you uh, comes from a series by the same uh, title, Get Smart, that I've, that I've been studying and watching by Pastor John Lindell in Springfield, Missouri. So there's going to be several of the points that I make this morning that actually come from his teachings, but that's okay. Um, how many realize that we sing, we sing other people's songs and that when you're teaching in school that you're teaching other people's curriculum and sometimes God speaks to us through other people. And sometimes the points are just too good to even mess with. Like, I'm going to go with that. And I'm going to share what God wants me to share. And this is going to be good. So I hope you understand that this morning. That, uh, you know, a lot of times what, what, you, what you need to understand is um, um, to be authentic is to personalize something. Whether it's your idea or someone else's idea. That how God is speaking to you through somebody else or through a book or through a song or through a, a sermon. And then share what God has placed upon your heart uh, as well. So, um, I want to start by asking a question this morning. And don't answer this out loud. But this is, a, uh, this is actually a good life group starter. Um, if you could have anything that you ask for, what would it be? Don't answer it out loud. But if you could have anything, to just think. I know some of you are thinking right now, oh, a huge bowl of chocolate ice cream. Just... That was just <laughs> perpetual in my life. Just a, I finish a bowl, here comes the next bowl. Uh, some of you, it may be money. Some of you, it may be cars. Some of you, it may be, I don't know, a, a huge house or, or whatever. But think about that. If you could have anything you could, would ask for, what would it be? Um, three men were stranded on a deserted island. And uh, one morning, they'd been there for several weeks. And one morning, they're walking along the beach. And they see something shining in the distance the distance there, and they, they get a little closer, and it's an old brass lamp, and they pick it up, and uh, when they picked it up, they kind of brushed the dust off, and as soon as they did, a genie popped out. And the genie looked at them and said, I'm going to give each one of you one wish, anything you could ask for. I'm going to start with you, sir. What would it be? And he said, you know, I just want to be back home with my family. Poof, he's gone. He asked the next guy, sir, what would you have if you could have one thing? He said, I just want to be back in my office in Dallas. Boom, he's gone. He asked the last guy, sir, what would you like if you could have one thing? And he said, I just want my two friends back. <laughs> For the slow ones out there, maybe you can get a little help on the way home with somebody explaining that to you. Uh, there, there was a man in the, in the Bible by the name of Solomon who was the king of Israel, who was the son of the previous king of Israel, David. And one night, uh, the Bible's not really clear, I believe this was in a dream, but one night the Lord come to him in a dream and ask him a question very similar to what I just asked you. Matter of fact, we find this in 2 Chronicles chapter number 
1, starting at verse number 7. If you want to turn there, we'll have this on the screen. It says, That night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Look at this. Ask for whatever you want me to give you. That is very similar to what I just asked you. Solomon, if you could have anything that you could ask for, what would you ask for? Listen, this is, this is God who's asking him this question. Can you imagine the God of the universe, the God who created all of this beauty that we see, the God who made this unique and complex body to work, a God who can do anything and give us anything. He's asking you, just ask me for anything. What do you want? Look at Solomon's response. Next verse, verse 8. Solomon answered God, You have shown great kindness to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, Lord God, let your promise to my father David be confirmed, for you have made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. Look at this, verse number 10. This is very important. Here's what I'm asking for. Give me wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Think about this. I don't think we stop and think about how, how um, crazy this was. He could have asked for anything. But he asked for wisdom. Give me wisdom and knowledge. Now look how God responds. Verse number 11. God said to Solomon, Since this is your heart's desire... And you've not asked for wealth, which most people probably would have. You've not asked for possessions. You've not asked for honor. Lord, make me famous. Neither have you asked for the death of your enemies. God, I just, just kill them, God. I, uh, you know, any, um, and since you have not asked for long life, but for what? But for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I've made you king. Therefore, wisdom and knowledge will be given to you. Now watch this. And I will also give you wealth, possessions, honor. Excuse me. I will also give you wealth, possessions, honor, such as no king who's ever had before you and none after you will have. Notice this. God is saying, because you didn't ask for these things and you asked for the right thing, not only am I going to give you what I want you to have, but I'm also going to give you these things you didn't ask for because you didn't ask for them. There's a principle there in verse number 12 that I think that you should write down, and it's this. When you have wisdom, it will improve every area of your life. That's the principle. He didn't ask for wealth. He didn't ask for possessions. He didn't ask for long life. But because he asked for wisdom, it improved all of those other areas. Are, are you tracking with me this morning? That's the principle. When you have wisdom, it improves every area of your life. Solomon, who is known as the wisest man in the Bible other than Jesus, understood that if he could get wisdom, other areas of his life would improve. And any time a person gains wisdom or gets smarter, it improves other areas of their lives. Their financial decision-making gets better because they're more wise. Their relationships get better because they know how to keep quiet and how not smart off and how to voice what is what they're thinking. Their marriage gets better. Their, their um, 
you know, the, raising their children and setting their children up for success gets better because they're getting more wise. They're getting smarter because they're getting wisdom. Everything gets better when people gain wisdom. That should make you desire wisdom. Wisdom has that ability. So as we begin this new series today called Get Smart, obviously we're going to be looking at the book of Proverbs. I love the book of Proverbs. It's very practical, yet wise, obviously biblical teaching for everyday life. And we're going to look at this, this book of Proverbs, which is packed full. I mean crammed full to the max, where there's probably not any other thing more that could be put in the book of Proverbs because there's so much wisdom there that can help us in our lives so that we can be more successful. And not only as we learn do we become more successful, but as we learn, it helps to set our children up for success. To leave a good inheritance, as the Bible teaches us. To leave a good legacy. To teach our children to show them the ways of the Lord. To show them how to walk in wisdom. So I believe this is going to be a very good teaching. In fact, much of the book of Proverbs is written in the form of a parent to a child. You ever notice that? Matter of fact, we're going to read this. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. This type of wording or phrases is all throughout the book of Proverbs. Listen, my son. My son, listen. My child, listen. My child, do not forget. My child, remember. My children. I mean, it's all throughout the book of Proverbs. So what happens is when we... When we read the book of Proverbs, we learn how to be better fathers. We learn how to be better mothers. We learn how to be better sons, how to be better daughters, how to be better co-workers, how to be better friends, how to be better people. And I ask you at the, at the onset, before I even start speaking this morning, how many, how many want to live the best life possible? You guys were all excited. This, it happens as we get wisdom. So what I want to do this morning is not so much speak to a specific area as much as I want to simply lay a foundation uh, for what wisdom is in general. And then in the coming weeks, we'll go more into um, how it applies to help us be better in our finances, how it applies to be better in relationships, child rearing, and, and such. But I want to start by just talking about wisdom in general. And the first question I want to answer is, what is wisdom? What is it? If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Number one, wisdom is fearing God. It's fearing God. Look at Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. It says this, The fear of the Lord is what? It's the beginning of wisdom. No, it's where it starts. You want wisdom? Here's where it starts. Fearing the Lord. Now, this word fear, I know it's kind of confusing because many times when we hear fear, we think of being afraid or being scared or you know, cowering down, I, you know. That's not what this word means. It's not talking about being afraid of God, which you need to be. I mean, he's God after all. But it's talking about fear as in awe, as in respect, as in honor, being in awe of God, awe. Like, oh my goodness, just God, just he put all of this in place. Look at the hills and the mountains. Look at the, look at the ocean. Look at the stars, the sun, the, the planets. Look at, look at all of creation. Wow, God, you're a good God. That's where wisdom starts, just by being in awe of the fact that there's a creator who created all this. 
and being wowed and, and in awe of all this. And what happens is when we're in awe of our God, it leads us to worship Him. That's, what ha- that's really what being in awe of God is. It's, it's worship. Wow, God, you're so good. You're so big. You're so awesome. You're so incredible. Man, look at that sunset. God's the best artist anywhere. The best painter. He's the best sculptor. Sculpturer. I don't know. The guy that, you know, <laughs> he's the best of the best. And that worship, it really leads us to this, this awe of God, or awe of God leads us to worship. And that's where wisdom starts, by fearing God, being in awe of who He is. Second thing that wisdom is, is wisdom is knowing God. Is knowing God. It goes on in that same verse, Proverbs 9, 10, the second part of that. It says this, put that up there please, next slide. It says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. It's not just, it's not just having an awe for Him, but then it's, it's then knowing who He is. Knowing the Holy One is understanding. Knowing God. Knowing that He is ever-present. Knowing that He is all-powerful. Knowing that He is all-knowing leads me to understand that it doesn't all have to make sense to me. I, I can be at ease because I know that God is all-knowing. God is all-present. God is all-powerful. I don't have to worry about things. I can live in peace because I know God. I know He's never going to leave me. I know He's never going to forsake me. I know He's going to be there all the time. And knowing that God is everywhere brings wisdom kind of like with kids, if they know their parents are watching, their, their choices and decisions are going to be a lot better. <laughs> well, just let me help you out. God's always watching. He's like Santa Claus. He's everywhere. <laughs> That's, anyway, Ray Stevens joke. He's, he's always there. And when you know that, it, it leads to wisdom. You know he's going to take care of you. Number three, wisdom is applying God's word to our lives. That's wisdom. It's taking what we know and applying it to our lives. How, let me just, um, you do understand there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom, right? Knowledge is more um, education. Like, I, I know a lot about this. Okay. You can be very knowledgeable and not be very, very, very wise. Because knowledge is, is knowing something. Wisdom is actually walking it out. You, you probably know a lot of people who are knowledgeable about certain things, but, but they're just not wise because they don't know how to apply that to their life. Speaking of the Bible, there's a lot of people who are very knowledgeable of the Word of God, but they're not wise because they don't know how to apply that to their lives. And one of my roles as your teaching pastor is to try to make it simple to where you can apply God's Word to your life. That's one of the things that I focus so hard on. Is how, and I know sometimes the illustrations are cheesy, but I try to teach you in some form or some way to where you say, oh, cool, I know how to apply that to my life now. Because that's when the Word of God works in your life. That's when you become better. Not just knowing what the Bible says, but how that looks and what it, what it looks like being fleshed out. So it's taking what we know and applying it to our lives. Knowledge is having understanding Wisdom is actually putting it into practice. Um, I think all of us have 
have done things in our past where we knew better, but we did something anyway. We did something really stupid. And when we're retelling that story to other people, you, you, even, you even feel bad that you did it, so you try to um, let them know how dumb of a decision that you made, but, but you're smarter than that because you tell them, you know what, I knew better, but I did it anyway. I remember one time, I don't know how old I was, probably 18 years old, and, and I was uh, driving a, a, a tractor. I was bush hogging about 12 acres, uh, and the tractor had been running for quite some time, and it overheated, and I, and I pulled it back up to uh, mom and dad's house. And, and I knew, it even says on the radiator cap, do not open while hot. <laughs> and I knew that I didn't need to do, it, do that. But I was in a hurry. I wanted to get this finished. And I'm like, okay, I know how to do this. I'll grab a towel and put it over the towel and, you know, release it real slowly, which some people can do that. But uh, my point is, I knew better, but I did it anyway. And hot water splashed up and just it scalded my forearm. And, of course, my dad, he, he had no, um, he had no uh, mercy or uh, sympathy at all. He's just like, well, that was stupid. <laughs> Son, that's where I get a lot of uh, what I say. But my point is, I knew better. But I did it anyway. And a lot of us, we have knowledge about things. We know better, but we still do the wrong things. That's people, we're people who are not wise when we do that. There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Look at Proverbs chapter 1, 8 again. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. In other words, don't just, don't just listen to it. But don't forsake it. There's instruction, and your mom is teaching you that. Put it into practice. That's what he's saying. You know, you can fear God and know Him, but if you don't apply His Word to your life and put it into practice, you're not wise. I know that's, that's kind of hurtful, but sometimes the truth hurts. Wisdom is the ability to apply God's Word to your life in every area. Now, now remember, our series is simply called Get Smart or Get Wiser. And today we're talking about wisdom in general. So I wanted to start by telling you what, what wisdom is. Wisdom is fearing the Lord. Wisdom is knowing the Lord. Wisdom is applying God's Word to your life. Okay, Scott, that's great. But how is that going to benefit me? I want to talk to you this morning and share with you four things that wisdom will do for you. These are awesome you want a better life, you want to write these down because this is what wisdom will do. Number one, wisdom will guard and protect you. Wisdom will guard and protect you. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 6 says this, Do not forsake wisdom and she will, what? She'll protect you. Wisdom. Love her, love wisdom, and she will watch over you. Wisdom will protect you. Wisdom will guard you. And the way that wisdom protects us and guards us is that wisdom keeps us from doing things that will harm us. It keeps us from doing hurtful things, damaging things, things that would diminish the quality of our life. Wisdom guards us. It guards our mind. It guards our decision making. It keeps us from going down the wrong roads. And costing us time and money and hardships. Come on, we've, we've all done that. We've all done things that uh, just, man, it cost us so much time, cost us so much money, it was just draining. And we're like, man, why did I do that? Wisdom will guard you and keep you from doing stuff like that. 
You could say it like this, and it's just it's pretty blunt and bold, but wisdom protects us by keeping us from being stupid. Yes. Wisdom can be our friend. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 12 says this, Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse. Students, when your peers are trying to get you things that are not good, wisdom will say, hey, that's not a good idea. This road leads to nowhere. Don't give in to this pressure. That's what wisdom will do. That's how wisdom protects us and guards us. Wisdom says to us married men, stay calm. Stay calm. Don't lash out. This is not the right time. That's what wisdom does for us. That's how it guards us and protects us. Wisdom says, be mature. What would Jesus do? Wisdom will guard you and protect you. Another thing wisdom will do for you, number two, is it will give you confidence and contentment. Look at Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26. Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for their children it will be a refuge. What happens is when you're walking in wisdom, your life is not subject to all the instability and insecurity of the world like it is to others. Now that doesn't mean there won't be difficulties. I want to make that disclaimer. It just means that when you're walking in wisdom, you're setting yourself up to be prosperous. You're making good decisions. You're more careful. When you're walking in wisdom, you're, you're building barriers that guard you from many of life's pitfalls. I can tell you this now. Even wise people, I am not telling you this morning that you won't have troubles in your life. I'm not telling you that you won't have problems, okay? Because it's, it's inevitable. It's life. But I can tell you this, that wise people have fewer problems and fewer troubles than people who aren't wise, by and large. Because more often than not, 80% of your problems are caused from foolish decision making that you have brought on yourself. That's why I can say that by and large, people who walk in wisdom have fewer problems and fewer troubles than people who don't. So when you're walking in wisdom, the Bible says that you're living in this secure fortress which brings confidence and contentment and your children are the beneficiaries. I mean, you're making wise decisions which setting them up. They see how a father's supposed to act. They see how a mother's supposed to act. They see how a human being is supposed to act, how you're supposed to behave. You're, you're walking with this confidence about you and you're setting your children up to have a safe place. I think you can get a little bit better understanding when you read the, the message translation of this verse. This is the next slide. The same, same verse. This is the message translation. The fear of God builds up confidence. Having an awe of God because what happens is when you know who God is you start realizing who you are because of who God is. You have confidence and it makes a, 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 a world safe for your children. Can you imagine how much safer our world would be if everyone walked in wisdom? I like that though. The fear of God builds up confidence. If you struggle with insecurity, get wisdom. Because the fear of God, the fear of the Lord builds up confidence. Not only does it build up confidence, but then there's, there's contentment, which wisdom brings confidence and contentment. Look at Proverbs 3, verse 13. It says this, Happy 
Blessed is the man who finds what? Wisdom. And the man who gains understanding. There are a lot of people today who are chasing happiness. And they're, they're looking for it in temporary forms. And they may find you know, a little bit of happiness here and there, but, but it's, no, it's no permanent fix. And the Bible is telling us that wisdom is the source of happiness. You want to be happy? Get wisdom. Happy is the man who finds wisdom. Number three, another thing that wisdom will do for you is wisdom will bring honor and financial blessing. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 4 says this, then you will, it, speaking of then, when you're, when you're obeying these teachings, you're, you're following these instructions that your father and mother are passing down, these biblical um, um, advice, he says, then you will find favor, or win favor, and a good name. In other words, people are going to respect you. People think highly of you, honor you, in the sight of God and man. Proverbs 3.16 says this, long life is in her right hand. Speaking of wisdom, long life. Now, that's pretty obvious. Now, we could make some, some humor jokes about that. I mean, obviously, you watch these videos that people who've, who've cheated death, they've just, they, what are they thinking? They're just being dumb. I mean, hey, look, I can open up the jaws of an alligator. Watch, I can stick my head in there. and just. But um, long life goes to people who are wise. And in her left hand are riches and honor. Now, I do want to say this, okay? Um, Proverbs are not promises. I think all of us know um, wise people who have a fear of God and who had an incredible knowledge of God who died at an early age. Okay? So Proverbs are not, they're not a promise, but they are probabilities. Meaning that what I said a while ago, that, that if you will walk them out, Wise people, by and large, will live longer and have better lives than those who are not wise. Okay? So, so it makes sense. Um, so, so this is what the Bible is teaching us. That long life is in the right hand. You, you want to live a long life? Get wisdom. Honor is found in wisdom. Long life and honor are benefits of, of walking in wisdom. And the same is true for financial blessing. Proverbs chapter 3. And we'll, we'll cover this more in detail in the coming weeks. But Proverbs chapter 3. I want to show you this, this, these two verses. Verses 9 and 10 says this. Honor the Lord with your wealth. In other words, what, what, what you gain. And by the way, the book of Deuteronomy tells us that it's the Lord who gives us the power to gain wealth. I know a lot of people who are stubborn say, well... God had nothing to do with this. I worked hard for this. But you know, it's the Lord who made your body. It's the Lord who gave you the power and the ability and the strength to get out and work. It's the Lord who gave you that mind that's creative, who can think and, and be an engineer and various things like that. But So honor the Lord with your wealth. With the first fruits of all your crop. That first fruits, that's, that's tithing. That's the first 10% of, of all that you get. That bring the Lord the first. Bring the Lord this first 10%. Honor Him with your wealth and the tithe. The first 10%. Then, everybody say then. Then, that's an if then. This is a conditional statement. It's an if then statement. If you'll do this, then here's what the Lord will do. Your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new 
wine. Here's what I believe Solomon is saying. And I've said this over and over and over. And I found this to be true in my own walk with God. Solomon is saying, you cannot outgive God. It's impossible. If you honor God with what? With your increase and your gain, God will honor you. And God will bless you. Folks, that's wisdom. If you want God to improve your financial situation, begin to do this. Begin to honor God and watch God honor and bless you. That is wisdom. And then number four, lastly, wisdom will build your home. Wisdom will build your home. Proverbs chapter 24 verse 3 says this. By wisdom, a house is built. And through understanding, it is established. Wisdom can build your home. Wisdom can build your marriage. Wisdom can build your ability and success to raise your children in in the right way. Wisdom can build your, your financial situation. If you want your marriage to be strong, um, if you want your family to be solid, if you want um, to leave a good legacy, if you want um, your your children to to, to grow up and and have a fear of the Lord and and know how to live life and, and what needs to be done and what doesn't need to be done, what things to say and what not to say, let wisdom... Build your home. Let wisdom build your family. Let wisdom build your marriage. Because this is how a home is built. This is how a house is built. This is how a marriage is built. This is how a relationship is built. By wisdom. Now remember today, I'm going through these points pretty quickly. Uh, This is simply a foundation that I'm trying to lay to to set us up in the coming weeks as we we go deeper into uh, respective areas. But I, I wanted for sure... For you to know what wisdom is. It's fearing God, knowing God, and applying God's word to our life. And then I wanted you to know in what ways that you can benefit from wisdom. But I have to leave you with answering this question. How do I find wisdom? Where, where, where do I find it? Where do I get it? Do they sell it at Walmart? <laughs> or do I have to go to Kmart and wait in line? <laughs> anyway. Um, if you work at Kmart, I'm sorry I said that. So where, where, where can I find wisdom? You know, the good news is, is that wisdom is not hard to find. And we serve a God who has done everything that He possibly can to make sure that we find wisdom. And He wants us to find wisdom. As a matter of fact, I want you to look at this verse in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 1. I never even, had, I mean, obviously I've read this, but it never even stuck out to me until I was studying for this. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? In other words, wisdom is calling out, Hey, I'm over here. Come over here. Get smart. Come over here. Hey, I'm wisdom. Wisdom is calling out. It's not hard to find. But here's the problem. We, We don't hear it calling out because we're not tuned in. You know, one of my... So I can't take credit for this, but one of the best illustrations that I have, specifically when I talk about hearing the voice of God, is that God is always speaking. Just like right now, there are, there are radio waves and television waves that are everywhere. You say, well, I don't believe it because I don't, I don't hear them. 
But you know, if you get you a little uh, a radio, a, a tuner, and, and you begin to tune, and you get that dialed into the right station, all of a sudden you hear those radio waves and sound waves and television waves uh, that are floating in space right now that you don't even see. So my point is, wisdom is always calling out, but we don't hear it because we're not tuned in. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 2, here's how, you, here's how you get smart, by turning your ear to wisdom. If you, if you have a King James Version, which I know a lot of you old schoolers do, it says, incline thine ear. That just simply means get a little closer. Just, you know, Listen. You know what it's like when you're trying to hear something, just, you know, turn your hearing aid up, whatever you got to do, but you're, but you're, you're turning, <laughs> you're, you're, turning, you're turning your ear to wisdom. And when you get dialed in to wisdom, your, your decision making gets better. And wisdom is calling out, but, but you have to adjust your ears to hear it. Otherwise, you're going to miss it. But my point is, wisdom is constantly calling out in all places, at all times. When you're in that, that, that fork in the road, wisdom is saying, Hey, I'm over here. But you know what? So is folly, which is foolishness. Foolishness calls out. Matter of fact, there's a verse, I think it's Proverbs chapter 9. I don't know where. But it talks about, uh, the, 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 the mouth of the folly or the voice of the folly is loud. Folly is calling out as well. Foolishness. Wisdom. You're, you're at this fort. What do I do? Do I, do I go out with my friends and, and do this? Or do I not? Do I, do I watch this? Do I not? Do I marry this person? Do I not? Do I do, I, do, I do this? What, whatever. Do I take this job? Or Wisdom is calling out. So we have to tune our ears to it. I'm going to close with this real quickly. I'm going to give you five ways to find wisdom. Five ways you can find wisdom. Kind of cover the first one. Number one, we find wisdom by listening for it. Listening for it. Um, this story of Samuel, excuse me, Solomon, um, having this encounter with God and God asking him anything that he would want, uh, just ask me and I'll give it to you. The, there's another parallel account, the same story. It's kind of told a little bit differently, worded a little bit differently in 1 Kings chapter number 3. And I wanted to specifically show you verse number 9 because here's Solomon's response. It says this, So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of, of yours? A discerning heart is simply an, a listening ear. Help me to be able to listen for wisdom. That's how you find. I'm telling you, if you want to find wisdom, one of the ways you can do that, just start listening. Did you know, and this is really falls under the category of how to hear the voice of the Lord, but did you know that God will speak to us through other people? God will speak to you through people who don't even know God. I believe that. Because there have been times I've been talking with someone and just something that they said, they didn't even know God was using them. Something that they said just went, Phew. that's the voice of the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that they were, but God used what they were saying to, to cause my heart to, to, to know and discern 
His voice. I, I've, I've heard God's voice. I'm driving down the road listening to music. It may not even be a, country, or a gospel song. maybe a country song. I'm not, I hope you hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying that God is in country music. Okay? But, but through, through reading books, through, through hearing songs, God can speak to you. God can speak to you through a movie. But you have to be listening, being intentional. And that's what Solomon is saying. Give me a discerning heart. God, when you're speaking, when wisdom is speaking, let me know. That's wisdom. So if you want to find wisdom, you've got to start listening. Number two, you have to have wise friends. Did you know you can get wisdom through having wise people around you? As a matter of fact, the Bible says this, Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. You want to get wiser? Surround yourself with wise people. There, I've heard countless people say over and over, um, you show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Sometimes we're just we're, we're guilty by association. We, we make decisions because of the people that we run with. That's just, you know, you want a life that looks like this? Well, you're setting yourself up because you're running with the people that, that do this. I don't care how good that you think you are. I don't care how godly that you think you are. You surround yourself with the wrong people and you're going to go down the wrong road. So if you want wisdom, you get it by surrounding yourself with wise people. The right people. People who are going places that you want to go. People who are living the life that you want to live. This is why this is a good place to plug life groups. This is why life groups are so vitally important. You're surrounding yourself with wise people. People who are at least trying to live for God. People who are trying to better their lives by, by getting life, which is Jesus, inside them. So this is how you get wisdom, by having wise friends. Number three, regularly reading the Bible. This one is, seems obvious, but I just feel like that I always have to cover this because I think sometimes we look beyond what is obvious. Oh, God, give me answers. And he's like, I have. It's right here. Okay. Regularly reading the Bible, Psalm 19.7 says this, The law of the Lord, which is the word of God, is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. You want to become wise? Make a habit of reading the word of God. Well, Scott, I don't always understand it. Guess what? I don't always understand it either. You know why? Because I'm not God. But I read it. And there's times when, I, when I've read something... And, and I didn't understand it. And like six months later, a year later, all of a sudden I get understanding on something that I read two years ago because that's how the Word of God works. But it says here that it will revive your soul. It will, it will make you wise. I was thinking this just this morning. I don't know some of you are too young to remember this, but back in the 90s there was a comedian by the name of Bill Ingvall. And he had, the, he had the, the famous thing, here's your sign. You remember that when people did stupid things like, you know, a guy got his tractor trailer stuck under an overpass and the police officer pulled up and said, uh, did you get your truck stuck? He said, no, I was just hauling this overpass and just had to pull over for, you know, a nap. Here's your sign. Here's your stupid sign. You know, this is, the, here's your sign. You want to get smarter? <laughs> okay, bad illustration. Huh? You want to get smarter? Right here. If you're making stupid decisions... Read this. <laughs> Am I helping anybody? Come on. Here's your sign right here. Read the Word of God. It renews our minds. Don't be conformed to the world, the Apostle Paul tells us. But be transformed. 
By the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? You begin to wash it with the Word of God. You begin to think differently. You begin to think like Christ. You begin to think with wisdom. Number four. This is an easy one. Ask God to give you wisdom. Here's how you find wisdom. You can just ask God for it. Ask God for it. James chapter 1 verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom. That's all of us. What do you do? Ask God. And then look at this. I love this. Who gives generously to all without finding fault. <laughs> I love that. I'm glad he doesn't look at me and say, no, man, you're an idiot. No. And, and it will be given to him. Just ask God for it. You know, if you don't know anything else to pray, pray for wisdom. God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. God, give me wisdom to lead these people. God, give me wisdom to, you know, to, to work today hard and to you know, make an impact for your kingdom. God, give me wisdom. I'm about to make a, a huge decision. God, I need wisdom. Just asking. God loves to give wisdom. And then number five, and this is the obvious one. We get wisdom. We find wisdom by giving our lives to Christ. Giving our lives to Christ. This, I know this kind of sounds obvious or kind of cliche, but um, in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus was responding to the Pharisees and, and uh, they were kind of asking him, really, they were saying, show me your credentials. What makes you a wise teacher? That's really what they're saying. And I love this. In, in verse number 42 of Matthew 12, Jesus is giving them an illustration. He says this. He says, the queen of the south will rise at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom. Remember, Solomon was the wisest man in all the Bible up until this point. And he says, and now one greater than Solomon is here. In other words, Jesus is saying, if you want wisdom, that's me. Jesus is wisdom personified. Last scripture, Colossians chapter 2, verses 2 through 3 that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I'm here to tell you, listen, you can have wisdom. When you walk in Christ and you live in Christ, and, and Christ is, is uh, continually filling your life, you can begin to discover all these mysteries that are hidden because wisdom and knowledge are going to be at your beck and call. Wisdom and knowledge are going to be flowing in your life. And you'll be one of the sharpest tools in the drawer. Wise. Wisdom. By giving our lives to Christ. I'm here to tell everyone this morning, doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, doesn't matter who, what family you were brought up in, doesn't matter what, how many mistakes that you've made, you can have life to the full. You can have the abundant life. You can have the blessed life. You can have a joyful life, but you can't have it without giving your life to Christ. I want to pray over you this morning. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the Word of God because, Lord, it's your Word that changes us. It's your Word that transforms us. It's your Word that brings wisdom and knowledge and understanding. It's your Word that makes us better. It's your Word that teaches us men how to be awesome husbands. It's your word that teaches the ladies how to be awesome wives. And 
how to teach moms how to be great moms and, and dads how to be great dads. Lord, it, it's your word, Lord, that causes us to excel at, word, at work, Lord, and to, and to work hard and to gain promotions, God, because your word brings out the best in all of us. And I thank you for the life-transforming power of the word of God. And I pray this morning, God, as we have begun this, this series on wisdom, Lord, that our hearts would be tuned to you, that we would be excited and passionate about learning how to get wise, learning how to find wisdom so that we can be the best at life and that we can show other people how to live and that ultimately, Lord, that we would give all glory to you. When people ask us, man, what is it that makes you so smart? What is it that causes you to have a great marriage and be financially prosperous? It's God. It's the Word of God that's working in my life. He makes me wise. And so, Father, I pray for anyone in this room who does not know you, God, that before this day is over, that they would ask you into their lives, that they would ask you to forgive them of their sins, and they would make Jesus the Lord of their life. And these things we ask and pray in your name, Jesus. Amen.